Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. up everybody full third amazing how fast time is going we are now in the beginning of april um which could only mean the beginning of baseball and we've had a tremendous amount of rain in the new york new jersey area over the past week or so as the fields are soaked that of course hasn't stopped the mets from getting off to a big jump on their season noah Syndergaard on the mound today welcome another edition of inside the burger shop my name is Ryan Berger, taking you through the next hour at the intersection, a discussion at the intersection of sports, entertainment, culture, and more. We're excited to be joined shortly by the president of Foursquare, Steve Rosenblatt. We'll talk to Steve about how Foursquare has changed over the past couple of years. They've done some incredible innovation around technology uh, and other, other things that have really, really put them in an area that is very, very exciting moving them away from just checking in into a real business uh, revenue stream. So we'll talk to Steve about that and, and, and some more in, in just a couple minutes. Um, as I mentioned, April 3rd, uh, time is flying. We are less than two months from Memorial Day, which is always the start of summer. I know some people think July 4th is the start, but obviously the official start of Memorial Day, you break out the barbecue and the barbecue sauce and all the other videos and get yourself ready for a nice, long, beach-driven summer. 
Big sports day, obviously, coming off of a big sports weekend. Before we talk about that, I do want to talk about our partners. Thanks to Hyper for being such a crucial part of the show. Hyper Brands, H-Y-P-R Brands.com, the largest website and database for influencers in the world. And you could find out more about Hyper at HyperBrands.com. Our second sponsor and our, one of our longtime partners is um, the Crowds Line. Head on over to thecrowdsline.com. Make your prediction about what's going to happen in tonight's games. Head on over there. Get some free uh, iTunes cards and all kinds of stuff. And, of course, our buddies down at, at Pita Express, 15 Ann Street, really the best Mediterranean food in New York City. Head on down. Let everybody know. Billy and whatnot. They're a big fan of the podcast, and they'll hook you up with a couple appetizers. So thanks to all of our sponsors for being a part of the show and for helping us you know, create such a such a show. And as you know, we're on. I think this is in episode 35 or 37, and you know, we talk about a lot of different things on the show. And of course, the big game tonight between Gonzaga and North Carolina it's coming off of exciting. Uh, we've seen better Final Four weekends, but certainly a weekend that had a lot of action. Uh, the first game, Gonzaga went up big in South Carolina, really pushed hard to, to get back in the game, and Gonzaga just had a little bit too much, took the first game, and then a really incredibly interesting second game between Carolina and Oregon, and Carolina holding on, rebounding off a foul shot to Oregon with just incredible amounts of opportunities and chances, but just couldn't get over the hump. And Dana Altman, great coach, uh, but just didn't have enough. And that leaves us with tonight's uh, really interesting showdown between this small little school that has never been to a Final Four and certainly never won against the Michael Jordan school, the big bad North Carolina Tar Heels, the school that everybody knows and is very synonymous with with uh, championships and college basketball. Of course, them getting back to the land after last year's loss at the buzzer in Villanova. So exciting to uh, to get ready for tonight's game. And, and with that, we're joined by uh, a friend of mine who is the president of Foursquare uh, here in New York, and, uh, and he is Steve Rosenbach. Steve, thanks for jumping on inside the burger shop today. Hey, what's up, Ron? Good to speak to you, buddy. Great to speak with you. So before we get into the business and all the biz and the work, you know, obviously you're a uh, you bleed maize blue, big Michigan graduate. You know, you obviously had an amazing run the past couple of weeks. Talk to us a little bit about what you saw, how you were feeling on that incredible Big Ten run, and then obviously the NCAA tournament run. Well, it's been it's been a while uh, since Michigan was really good in basketball. Though we we made a run a couple of years ago, we were in the Final Four, um, and uh, just I, I think watching it after the plane incident where they uh, they had an abort takeoff, and I think it was really it was just wonderful to see that team come together and uh, make a run in the Big Ten, win that tournament, and uh, I thought we were going to beat Oregon. It was a great game. Um, just just ran out of gas, I think. But uh, you know, I was there during the glory years, so I was spoiled. I got a couple Big Ten championships. <laughs> I was there for a football championship, uh, and it's uh, it's been tough. But with Harbaugh taking the football reins, and I think Beeline's doing a pretty good job in, in basketball. Um, uh, I'm, I'm an excited uh, alumni. And I was in the crowd uh, when Weber called the timeout. So I don't think you went to school 
I don't think you're as old as a lot of those kind of guys, but I think I was in the beginning of high school. So you were probably what, at Teaneck High School when Weber called that timeout, right? Yeah, I think it was the it was the year it was at ninety three, ninety two, ninety three, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. so I think it was the so, year before I, I went to college. Amazing. So they've had obviously an amazing run and 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 uh, you know big game tonight. Uh, as I was saying before, small school against big school. David Goliath. You know, any thoughts on what you expect to see tonight? Well. Even though my brackets are a mess, I did pick North Carolina to win it all uh, from the beginning. So I, I just uh, I, I I'm going to stick with that. Uh, I'm rooting for the underdog. I'm rooting for Gonzaga. It'd be good to see the small school win, but uh, I just think North Carolina's got too many weapons, and um, I think it will be close. But North Carolina will pull away at the end. Yeah, it should be exciting. It's. Uh... Interesting, actually. It looks like it's about a pick 'em game. Two teams come from totally different sides of the industry. When you look at basketball, and we know hyper uh, part of our show, when we look at the hyper data on Gonzaga, uh, hyper was well, Gonzaga with about a hundred thousand followers on Twitter, and another seventy thousand on, on Facebook. So a college basketball program, obviously spending a lot of time on digital marketing and letting the world know who they are. Obviously one of the big trending topics today on, on Twitter is the big game. And now there's a lot of people that have spent a lot of their careers in technology, helping some serious companies. And you're obviously one of those people. You, 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 you were at Apple. Now you're uh, the chief revenue officer and president over at uh, Foursquare, um, you know, doing some incredibly interesting stuff. But, you know, obviously before we talk about what you're doing at Foursquare, How'd you get here? Obviously, you grew up in New Jersey, went to Michigan. Um, how'd you land kind of at Foursquare at, at, at this opportunity that uh, is clearly a game-changing you know, opportunity for someone like yourself? Yeah, I mean, it. I, I happened to, uh, after graduating from Michigan, I, I was in commercial real estate in New York in, um, in the late 90s. And I decided to spend my time working with startups, dot-com startups back then, and uh, I, I happened to call one, um, a small little company, the, the CEO co-founder in the East Village at the time, uh, the company was called Music Vision, actually it was called the Virtual Music Vault and became Music Vision, and uh, he turned it around on me and, and offered me a job to go work for, for him and for them, and uh, you know, that was uh, over uh, 18 years or so ago, so I happened to just kind of stumble into the internet space during the right time and then just stayed passionate and stayed strong and did a lot of did a lot of um, early stuff in mobile uh, back in believe it or not 2000 2001 with Nokia and then um, and then when I was at Maxim Dennis publishing Maxim we, we were part of PNG's mobile ad lab that's about 2005 and so really got you know always forward thinking at Maxim we launched one of the first early website. So I, I kind of got the, the taste of where I thought the world was going to go, which led me to a company called Quattro Wireless um, that I joined in January 2008 to really help them figure out how to build a business. And we sold that to Apple after two years. And um, it was great. I launched, you know, launched a major business for Apple at the time. It was called IAD and, um, you know, had really Steve Jobs support. But one thing I, I heard every single day talking to CMOs, and CEOs for two years was how do we leverage location? 
Uh, and it was clear to me after so many conversations that location was really the atomic unit of mobile. And so after I left Apple, um, you know, two years at Quattro, building that, and two years launching IAD, um, I, was, I was really, uh, I started advising companies. I didn't know what I wanted to do full time. Um, I was trying to figure it out, but I, I wound up spending a couple days a week with Foursquare. And after a short period of time, within three months, I realized that Foursquare was a company that was sitting on this incredible amount of gold. And it was a company that had built, you know, this incredible, these incredible consumer experiences uh, that were really revolutionary. Uh, and, and, but by doing so, it was really mapping the world in this really interesting way, in a way that was really hard to duplicate, um, but all around location and context. And, and for me, that was kind of the light bulb went off and said, well, this is, you know, this is something interesting. There's this large, highly engaged, passionate user base. And, I, you know, I think I could actually build a business around this. And, um, and here we are five years later. So it's, it's, it's been a great ride with a great group of people uh, over at Foursquare. You know, it's interesting. I've been teaching new media at NYU for the past 14 years, and I always start my classes by asking them, you know, what social channels are they on? And a lot of people raise their hand when I say Foursquare. But when I ask them what they do on Foursquare, they all say basically the same thing, the consumers that they download. And they download the app and then they check in wherever they are. And obviously the opportunity to check in to tell your network or your friends where you are and to start to get points or start to get badges or start to have a system that uh, encourages you to check in and rewards you to check in was clearly where you know a lot of people thought the business was and clearly is you know where, what people know about you know Foursquare. But the business has changed dramatically, and obviously checking in was a very challenging thing to do when it comes to actually making revenue. The business has changed dramatically, and. The idea, and I sort of read a lot about what you guys are up to, the location data that informs consumer experiences. And someone who's been doing marketing for a long time and marketing with big brands, small brands, startups, the opportunity to understand where consumers are going and how to activate on that and how to benefit your brand is, you know, is enormous. So take us through how you took this idea of people checking in. And obviously that still exists with Swarm. You guys have so many different tactics underneath that can now be used and opportunities around the brand itself. But take us through that time, that kind of light bulb that went off that said, wait, we have all these people checking in and all these data on these opportunities, let's actually drive revenue by selling this data to these actual companies itself. Well, so, it, you know, what, what I looked at, so today we have Foursquare Swarm, which is a check-in app, which, as you said, people love checking in. In fact, they're checking in at an all-time high, and, and uh, 11 billion times people have, you know, have checked in, which is pretty incredible if you think about that. Uh, on the, our Foursquare City Guide app, our Foursquare City Guide is really the best app to help you um, find great places to go and um, discover those kind of hidden gems uh, all over. But by doing that, you know, the combined collective apps reach over 50 million users a month, which is pretty impressive, and, and it's a very, very passionate and highly engaged audience. When you talk to someone that uses our app, they talk with conviction and passion. They love our products. We've taken, you know, the, for me it was um, this idea, again, goes back to my two years at Apple, was the idea of lo the, the co uh, concept of location isn't, a lot of people think it's very basic and simple, but it's quite complex, and accuracy is really the, the hardest thing to get right. 
And there's a lot of misinformation about there, but for us, the fact that 11 billion times now someone confirmed that their phone is at this place at this time and our ability to understand all those sensors in place really is entirely, entirely differentiated and unique. So it allows us, we have human curation of location data, really. They've corrected for all the wonkiness of GPS or, um, you know, certainly cell phone triangulation. And so by doing so and mapping, you know, nearly 100 million, over 100 million venues globally, um, where we understand not only that this place exists, but what's interesting at this place because our users, our users, um, our users have told us uh, what's at those places. So if you think about what, is, what do marketers really want or what do companies really want, they want to understand in an aggregated and anonymized way. They want to understand consumer behavior. They want to be able to reach and target consumers just like they did in the Internet world um, where we've had death, uh, cookies. They want, to, they want the physical equivalent of the cookie, right? So understanding what consumers do, where they go, why they do it, so that they can better either target consumers with relevant, more relevant ads based on their physical world behavior, um, so that they can better understand where their consumers, where they're losing or winning consumers, loyal and lapsed, uh, so that they can do everything from better business planning, who are my customers or who are my competitors' customers, or where should I put up a store, to better uh, targeting, understanding that if I want to reach consumers that, uh, that are business travelers, they probably are at airports and hotels frequently and high-end golf courses, right? So based those things that they actually physically do in the world, not that they say they do. Uh, if you want to measure, we have a, we have a product uh, called Attribution so that you can measure whether your digital advertising, not just on Foursquare, does the digital advertising actually impact in-store traffic? For the last 18 years I've been doing this, for the most part we've measured digital conversion, e-com conversion. Yet 90 plus percent of the, of the world happens, uh, commerce happens in the physical world and no one's been able to understand that until now. And so we, we help marketers uh, understand that. And then there's the, you know, analyze and insight. So understanding trends, behavior trends. So why is one chain, why, you know, if, if McDonald's is losing customers, who are they losing it to? Is it to Burger King? No, it's actually Starbucks. Starbucks is taking a bunch of share from, from McDonald's and understanding things like that. So it's just understanding trends. Um, and so, you know, it, it, we, we help marketers from planning, consumer insight, understanding consumers better, to targeting, to measurement attribution, uh, and, and tie that together. And it's all really driven by this understanding of the real-world cookie and, and consumer behavior. You know, it's, it's, it's unbelievably interesting. And, again, we're talking to the president of Foursquare, Steve Rosenblatt. You can follow Steve on Twitter at StevenJR76. You know, it's interesting, 26 years uh, Jenna Lyons out at J. Crew, uh, big deal, big big news in the fashion industry, big news in the lifestyle industry. You, know, you take a brand like J. Crew, who's um, who's opened up an incredible amount of stores in the past, you know, eight to ten years. This is a company that dominated with with a catalog and just took an incredible amount of overhead. Uh, you, know, you guys, based on this new technology that you talked about feel like the kind of perfect fit for where what is going on with brick and mortar where people aren't going to stores but they don't even know if they're going who's coming so how big of a role do does foursquare 
and the technology that you talked about play in what could potentially be a game-changing decline around people going to stores, people buying things versus people buying things online is, is what you guys have delivered. Is it sort of coincide with the similar timing of brick and mortar companies trying to understand how they can be much more effective? Well, there's no question. I mean, we work with, I mean, pretty the the majority of brick and mortar companies that are out there, and and working on working with them at a very deep level. So I'll, I'll kind of talk about it in two ways. One, give you an example of um, some data we put out a couple of weeks ago around retail store closures. So we analyzed what happened following Macy's and Kmart closures in 2006 to see what we can expect this year. And so few, some some interesting things. One, after stores uh, announced closures, millennials came out at scale to hit up. Um, those those kind of closeout sales. So what we saw was both chains actually popped with the millennial group, um, which was kind of surprising because the millennials actually so they're they're as stores close, millennials are out looking for deals. They're looking for bargains. Um, we also saw saw consumer loyalty play out. So Kmart shoppers of closed stores traveled two times as far as the net, um, to the net nearest Kmart, and Macy's shopper traveled an additional two miles to get to the nearest Macy's. Uh, and we, you know, we found a lot of data that reinforces the, the idea that American retailers today are, are deeply intertwined. Um, so, you know, store closures of one truly impact another. Uh, an- another thing we're doing, we're, we're working with is, we've had, uh, we've had this technology in our own apps, we call it Pilgrim, and, um, and we, we recently announced the launch of, of an SDK that has Pilgrim technology. And we're talking to many retailers and many QSRs about uh, using this technology to embed in their own apps so that they can think of it as almost like a beacon in the cloud, but it basically would allow them to better understand uh, and connect with their consumers either when they're at their own stores or at, they're at competitors, um, but create better experiences for consumers. So, you know, I think um, there's not a retailer or, frankly, a, you know, a, a food chain either that's, that's not trying to understand you know, different cohorts, different consumers, millennials versus Gen Y, different age and demographics, uh, looking at things by regions to try and really break down what is going on and why. Um, I think that's pretty consistent throughout. And we're helping them do that because we have this really unique view that no one really else has into understanding these foot traffic trends and what's happening. And the last thing I'd say, it's not only just helping them analyze and understand, it's then helping them react so, and helping them then make business decisions and action against it. I think that's key because I think what we, we find is <clears throat> there's a lot of data at a lot of their fingertips, and, um, but a lot of times they don't know how to then use it and how to action against it and how to actually – and we see – we can prove out that taking the insights to then drive to our targeting, which is typically driven by our media platform, our pinpoint – uh, or native ads uh, uh, business that we have, and then use our measurement product to then see if it's working, kind of ties it full circle together. <laughs> wow, really interesting. And, and what you guys have done with the technology, I used to be such a big fan of the tips, but so many people never even went into the tips and sort of saw the check-in. But now the ability to turn the company into such a powerful tool with all the data 
um, that you guys, you know, are, are clearly sitting on. And, you know, obviously from a followership standpoint, we see from the hyper data that the followers on Foursquare across the social channels are young, uh, somewhere between 26 and 40 when we, when we see the, the hyper data. So clearly you have a lot of young fans or fans that are, you know, similar age to, my, to myself and you. But, you know, what's intriguing is Foursquare was always a company that was a B2C, right, B- focused on the consumers downloading the app. That still exists, and the consumer use clearly still exists. But now you've really built in a whole B2B angle by being able to sell your data to brands, being able to work with brands, being able to find revenue streams, and obviously for someone like yourself who knows this so well to understand different revenue streams for you know it's a technology. There are so many technology companies um, that really understand how to create that world and how to drive revenue in so many different areas. You not only have so many different areas, but you guys have really become a, almost like a B2B and B2C company, huh? Yeah. I mean, we're definitely a B2C to B company, I guess is the best way to put it. But you know, one of the things we also did years ago was uh, we made our API, our APIs um, available for developers to build on. And today there's a hundred thousand companies that use our location data to build their products for their own consumers. Um, you know, our venue data, uh, and, and many apps, some use our check-in API, some, some use our, um, you know, a lot of them clearly use our venue data. And I, I, I say that because, you know, today, we're basically the Intel inside for the entire ecosystem. Um, we, we power pretty much, you know, all or the majority of consumer experiences using, loca- uh, you know, that, that require location data. So some of those things we've announced include, um, for example, we're working with Uber, where they're using now our POI data to make those. Uh, when you call that driver or that driver is looking to pick you up, we make that experience better. We're partnered with Snapchat to help make those geo filters more accurate um, so they can make those experiences better. We're partnered with Microsoft so they can make Cortana and um, uh, you know, Bing more accurate, better uh, uh, there. And last week alone, I was at the Samsung S8 launch, which was really exciting. Um, they announced the launch of Bixby, which is their new AI assistant, and Foursquare is a critical part of that experience. So, um, you know, I can go on and on. You geotag a tweet on Twitter. It's using our API. So you talk about our own consumer apps, but we're also, um, you know, we get a lot of signal back and understanding from this ecosystem that, uh, that we have. And it really helps us then to, you know, when we, do, when we use um, uh, data for, let's say, our attribution business, it's not just that 26 to 40 year old consumer base. It's actually much broader than that. It really covers a normalized. It's really normalized to the census. So, you know, we we see consumer behavior across, you know, certainly the U.S. but really all over the world in ways that just no one else can by um, through all these partnerships, for all these experiences we're powering. And just to clarify too, it's not that we're you know we're licensing certain aspects of our data in aggregate to power, you know, for example, venue data and experiences, but we're not licensing. We're very careful on, from a privacy standpoint, everything we've built products around aggregate, aggregated and anonymized data. So I think we've really pioneered these really um, innovative products uh, around media measurement, insights, and analytics, uh, as well as our technology really powering all these other consumer experiences in addition to ours. And, and that's where, you know, it goes back to your B2C to B approach um, where we've been able to innovate and, and uh, build this business in a way um, that, that I think clients, marketers, you name it, 
Uh, even hedge funds on Wall Street, for example, find super interesting, and we're adding value that they and, and helping them solve things that no one else had been able to help them solve. It's funny. I could relate to you know the, your, your story so well on the, the Intel and Side campaign was actually a campaign that my dad and his team had created at, at his agency looking at all the different computers and that they all had one uh, consistent thing, which is that if they had the Intel chip inside it, the, the actual computer would be the computer that you'd obviously want to have. So you know, he, he thought about that idea and created those, that line, Intel and Side. And now us at Hyper, we think about it in the same way where we don't want to compete with other influencer marketing companies. We want to power the industry and power something like the airline and hotel and travel and restaurant industry. So when people check into airlines, the, the airplane, JetBlue doesn't find out by accident that you're a travel influencer. It comes up as part of our API. But when you check into a Starwood, you don't just randomly find out that that influencer is a travel influencer, but it's actually in your API dashboard through the Hyper API. So Intel inside is obviously a, an, a, a, a thing that was created, funny enough, by you know one of my 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 uh, relatives that I'm a big fan of and has kind of taken a strategy and gone into all different interesting technology startups around you know helping power different you know industries and you guys play, clearly put your flag down and are doing some unbelievably interesting stuff and you know before we let you go and I appreciate the you know the 20 25 minutes on your busy schedule um what what's next you know you you you've sort of trailblazed this area uh revolutionized what you guys are up to and launched several new products um, to change what people really think about who the company is. And then now working with just about every big brand, any brand that you would think of in the world across your, your different products. What does the next couple of years look like when it looks like, uh, you know, Foursquare you know, located in downtown Manhattan? Yeah, well, first of all, we might have to put your dad to work and, and have him come sit with us and brainstorm a little bit because I know he's created some of the most iconic campaigns that uh, – that we, we witnessed certainly in the last 30 years. Um, so maybe, maybe we'll, uh, we'll have to uh, come over to your house and buy him a drink. Um, but, uh, Drag him off I, the I golf think, course. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, um, you know, I, I think a couple things. Number one, you, you, just, you said it. We're, you know, we're, we're really um, working with so many different parts of the marketing organization and the insights organization, even all the way to the CIO suite. But we've really created this marketing cloud um, and I'm going to be cliche for a second, but it's it's helping uh, companies across the marketing organization, bleeding into the you know CTI, CTO, CIO kind of world, um, really solve some some key pain points. So when I think about the future, um, there's a few things I, I think about. One is, um, and that we think about at Foursquare really. One is, you know, the the idea of powering uh, the, the as um, you know AI and AR um, uh, kind of come into play, uh, I think we'll power that, right? I mean, I think Pokemon was a good example of, of you know, and, and we'll, we'll look back as a very early example, but you can imagine how the next five to ten years things are going to be, we're going to be living in this kind of the mix between virtual and, um, you know, reality and uh, the real world. And Foursquare is going to power a lot of that. And I think our technology making things come to life and understanding place and context is going to be critical to that. But I, I think so. I, I think we're, we're very interested in that, and we're, we're, there's a lot of conversations we're having in and around that area. Um, but aside from that, you know, I think the idea, we're still very early, and we're spending a lot of time just helping 
marketers uh, understand that location, uh, location is not a check-the-box strategy. I think that is key. Uh, marketers, want to, marketers need to understand what location really means, and it means a lot. It can inform their marketing strategy from delivering media, measured media, informing content, consumer engagement. Um, it really, location is this, this signal uh, and the sensors that we have on these devices to be able to understand that is going to change the way we run our businesses. And so I think that's really what's exciting for us um, is, is really helping educate and drive that. And right now, I think too many marketers just check the box and they think they have location covered um, because they're working with a vendor, they're working with an ad tech vendor. They don't. Um, this is something they need to learn because it's really about their consumer. It's about who their consumer is, what they do, where they go, um, why they go, and, and, and how to create, um, how to learn from that, how to change, you know, make business decisions, and, and really understand how to build things that are, are contextually relevant um, for your consumer. I, I leave it with, I think Samsung had a slide last week that I love. It was con contextual understanding. Right, that was their slot. Context, the phones, contextual understanding, and that—that's where the world's going, and and we're going to power that. It's really cool stuff. Really interesting stuff. I'm, now, if you're a CMO, if you're a brand manager, if you're some of my students, if you you know run a brand and you're listening to this podcast, it's as good as it gets when you think about uh, a brand and technology and how versatile and, and flexible you need to be to find ways to work with all kinds of companies and then obviously you need lots of smarts and lots of uh lots of bright thinking and obviously you get that when you come from a school you know like michigan to come up with uh all kinds of incredible strategies and ideas to actually go out and implement this so if you're interested in working with foursquare reach out to steve and his team steve's the president of foursquare you can follow him on twitter at steven jr76 mr rosenblatt Thanks for the time today. Really appreciate it. And I'll share I'll see Jiro over the weekend. Sounds good. Good good chatting with you. You got it. That's uh Steve Rosenblatt, the president of Foursquare, always the best and appreciate him and his team giving us twenty five, thirty minutes talking today about what they're up to, which is incredibly interesting. And as I said to all my spent so many times in my classes talking to them about Foursquare and how important of, a, of an idea I think it is. And so many times people just decided I'll check in without doing anything but checking in. And obviously the brand that you're checking in, it's amazing to show your, your network and your thousands of friends where you are. But that tips opportunity is really where things like hyper and companies like Burger Shop come in, where we can really give you an understanding of how you can see that message as a brand. And that's really what the tips area inside Foursquare used to do. There's nothing more impactful than when an individual checks into a restaurant and tells you why they're there and what to order. There's, that's an ad for that restaurant. And Foursquare has taken that to an entirely new level by actually measuring and understanding who those people are that are checking in and giving those tips. And then of course, bringing that to the brands and allowing them to dive in and buy that data. So it's as incredibly interesting you know, as it gets. And as 
we at Hyper continue to figure out technology and how to how to sell it to clients and, and what to do with things like our API. We look up to companies like what Steve has built, you know, at Foursquare. So thanks to Steve and, and the whole PR team, you know, for setting for setting that up today. And as I said, guys, you know, it's a great night tonight. I hope everybody enjoys uh, the big game tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Opening day in baseball as well. Uh, Yanks got off to a loss. Mets got off to a win. We'll have Costa Kennedy from Sports Illustrated uh, on in the next couple of weeks to talk about baseball. We'll also have Jason Burnbaum this week. Of course, Thursday is the Masters. we got to have a preview for the Green Jacket. Working on a time from the Manhattan Woods Pro to come and do a preview tomorrow or Wednesday. Looking forward to an amazing night tonight. Unfortunately, my favorite sport, college basketball, will come to an end. It's been a fun, fantastic season, great tournament. Looking forward to it. Thanks to the sponsors and to our partners and, of course, to Hyper. Enjoy the game today, everybody. As my man Mad Dog Russo likes to say, adios. Podcast, the one that you heard about, talking sports media, buzz and the word of mouth, social is the currency, seeing what the buzz will be, talking sports and culture, you never know what'll be coming next, cause that's the type of podcast you listen to, powered by the hyper, brands who the man, yo, Ryan at the forefront, got it on my iTunes, walking through the storefront, listen to the broadcast, he touches almost anything, sports, culture, media, technology, and marketing, so listen to the man right ahead of his time, on your podcast, you can download or listen live, so here comes the podcast here comes your host the burger shop now live from coast to coast and any way you want to do it listen to the show ron got the insights the burger shop you know Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.